Welcome to the Heroes Church Podcast. Our vision is to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people for the city. A blessed Lord's Day for all the members of Heroes Church and to all of you who are tuned in to this online worship service. May the unfailing love of God our Father, the abundant grace of Jesus Christ, His Son, and the wonderful fellowship and presence of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Our topic today is a journey from disappointment with God to praising Him from Psalm 22. Disappointment is a feeling of sadness or dissatisfaction when something falls short of our expectations. We feel disappointed when our hopes are not realized or when somebody let us down. The bigger our expectations are, the bigger are our disappointments. Unreasonable assumptions and unrealistic expectations always bring disappointment. There are four kinds of responses to disappointments. The first one is just shrugging our shoulder. Well, that's life. Sometimes you get what you want, other times you don't. You simply need to move on. The second is sulking or grumbling. When a person is late or forget to greet you on your birthday or recognize your success. Number three is anger. When a person says something or do something that hurt or offend you. And the fourth is wrath. You experience wrath when somebody hurts you deliberately and puts you to shame continuously. Now, there are two major consequences of disappointments. On the one hand, we can become bitter and skeptical about our faith. After being disappointed so many times, you start to lose hope in everything. On the other hand, those who are disappointed may become better and more sure about their faith. Like in the case of Cory Ten Boom, she wrote in his, her book, Hiding Place, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. We get disappointed with God not because we don't believe in Him. Many times, we get disappointed with God because we know Him, we believe in Him, and we even testify about Him. But then in the darkest and deepest moments in our lives, when God seems nowhere to be found, when He is silent when you need Him most, or when you are hurting and He is not there, you feel confused and disappointed. Those who are disappointed with God ask questions like, why does he allow me this serious illness? Why does God allow me to lose my loved one in this pandemic? How long will God make me abused, oppressed by my enemies? What do I say when people mock me, saying, oh, where now is your God? When will God answer me? 
Psalm 22 will help us journey through disappointment and end up not only with hope, but with praising God. Let's look at the first stage of disappointment. In Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2, we read, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Too far to hear the words of my groaning. My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. If we want to overcome our disappointments, especially with God, the first stage is to admit that we are disappointed. In Psalm 22, the psalmist has three disappointments. The first one is God does not respond to his prayer. This disappointment had been experienced also by other writers. In Psalm 83 verse 1, it says, God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. And God, do not be still. What made the silence of God difficult to accept? In Psalm 22 verse 3 to 5, we read, Yet you are holy, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you rescued them. To you, they cried out, and they fled to safety. In you, they trusted, and were not disappointed. So the psalmist was basically saying, Oh Lord, how come we heard our fathers trusted you, called upon you, and you heard them, you delivered them. How come in my case, you have forsaken me, you do not answer me. In Psalm 28 verse 1, we read, To you, Lord, I call my rock, do not be deaf to me. For if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. In Psalm 35 verse 22, You have seen it, Lord. Do not keep silent. Lord, do not be far from me. Declare me not guilty, O Lord my God, for you are just. Do not let my enemies rejoice over me. Let them not say in their heart, Aha! Just what we wanted. Do not let them say, we have swallowed him up. This silence of God or his inattention was embodied in the experience and prayer of our Lord Jesus. In Matthew 27, verse 45 to 46, we read, Now from the sixth hour of darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, quoting Psalm 22, verse 1, saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, 
my God, why have you forsaken me? When God does not respond to our prayers, when God is silent, we are disappointed. The psalmist has a second disappointment. In Psalm 22, verse 6 to 8, he wrote, But I am a worm and not a person, a disgrace of mankind and despised by the people. All who see me deride me. They sneer at me. They shake their heads saying, Turn him over to the Lord. Let him save him. Let him rescue him because the Lord delights in him. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, people were saying the same things to him. They were mocking him, taunting him, scorning him. The psalmist's disappointment was so painful because in verse 9 and verse 10, he wrote, Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breast I was cast upon you from birth. You had been my God from mother's womb. In short, the psalmist was saying, How can you let me be humiliated when I have trusted you since my infancy? This humiliation or shame started in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, instead of being excited, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees on the garden. Then the Lord God called on the man and said to him, Where are you? Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? Before Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked, and yet they were not ashamed. But when they sinned against God, when they were separated from God, shame and humiliation began to become human experience. As researchers are saying, people in Asia are living in a shame culture. It's so easy for us to be embarrassed and we will do everything to protect ourselves from embarrassment. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 21, we will read about the connection between nakedness and shame. When Noah became drunk, he uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and broadcasted it to his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward 
and covered the nakedness or shame of their father. Later on, Canaan was cursed. Shem and Japheth were blessed. In Isaiah 47 verse 3, again, nakedness and shame were equated together. The prophet wrote, your nakedness will be uncovered. Your shame shall be exposed. you find that also in Nahum chapter 3 verse 5. The Lord said, I will lift up your skirts over your face, show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. On the cross, our Lord Jesus Christ did not only embody the feeling of being abandoned by God. There on the cross, Jesus took your and my humiliation. In the Gospel of Matthew and in Mark, particularly in Mark 15, 24, when they crucified Jesus, they divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each man would take. Many times when we see a picture of the crucifixion of Jesus, he was crucified high, clean, and clothed with a loin cloth to cover his organs. But in other paintings, especially in the drawing of Michelangelo of the recent Christ and in the painting of Karachi in 1538, Jesus was hanging on the cross naked. The goodness in the scriptures is that our nakedness can be covered. In the story of Adam and Eve, they tried to cover themselves with the leaves of figs. But in Genesis 3 verse 21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. I can just imagine how embarrassed Adam and Eve were to God and yet God killed an animal, took the skin, dried it, and then clothed them. And by doing so, the Lord God embraced them. In Isaiah 61 verse 10, we read, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with robe of righteousness. You know, that was a prophecy that Israel, God's people, who were naked before God, will be clothed with garments of salvation and with robe of righteousness. Jesus, after his resurrection, gave a message to the church in Laodicea. And to them he said, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. And white garments 
so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. Here is an invitation from our King that if we are poor, whether in spirit or in material things, we can come to Him and He can enrich our lives. If we are living in disgrace or shame, we can come to Him and He can clothe us with His garment of righteousness and salvation. And if we do not know, if we cannot understand spiritual things, we can come to him and he will put eyesal in our eyes so that we can see. The third disappointment of our psalmist was the feeling that God does not restrain his enemies. God does not protect him from the attack of his adversaries. In Psalm 22, verse 12 to verse 17, the psalmist described his enemies like wild beasts. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They opened their mouths wide at me as a ravening and roaring lion. Verse 16, dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers have encompassed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. And because of what they were doing in the center of that portion, in verse 14 to verse 15, the psalmist felt that he was being poured out like water. His bones are out of joint. His heart was melted like wax within him. His strength was dried up. His tongue was clinging to his jaw. And he felt he was lying in the dust of death, dying. This disappointment coming from the attack of the enemy was a common motif in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 10, verse 1, the psalmist wrote, why do you stand far away, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the needy. In Psalm 42, verse 9, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And then in Psalm 43, verse 2, Oh God, you are the God of my strength. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Because of Jesus and his death on the cross, we who are enemies of God are reconciled with God. We can triumph over our enemies and even love them. In Romans 5 verse 10, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. In Psalm 41 verse 11, the psalmist wrote, 
By this I know that you are pleased with me, because my enemies do not shout in triumph over me. And then in Matthew 5, verse 43, Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. My dear brethren, if you are experiencing disappointment, whether with people or especially with God, let us honestly admit it and bring those disappointments to the God who is able to do something about it. The second stage in the journey from disappointment to praise is to believe the Lord will help us despite our disappointments. In Psalm 22 verse 11, he cried out, Do not be far away from me, for trouble is near. There is no one to help. But then in verse 19, he wrote, But you, O Lord, do not be far away. You who are my help, hurry to my assistance. This psalm believed what another psalmist said in Psalm 34 verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in the spirit. In Psalm 42 verse 5, and repeated in Psalm 42, verse 11, and 43, verse 5, the psalmist said, Why are you in despair, my soul? Why are you restless within me? Wait for God, for I will again praise Him for the help of His presence. My God. Despite our despair, our depression, our disappointments, we can come to God and wait for Him, for we will again praise Him for His help. Job is a very good example of this principle. In Job 10, 23, verse 8 to 11, he testified, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When people say he acts on the left, I cannot see him. When he turns to the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. The body of Job was filled with sores and boils. He has lost his possessions, all his children, and maybe his wife. But look at what he said in verse 10. I may not know where he is, but he knows the way I take. And I believe after this trial, I will come out better as gold. So my foot will hold on to his path and I will keep his way and will not turn 
aside. In the New Testament, Martha and Mary, the beloved friends of Jesus, sent word that he whom Jesus loved, Lazarus, was sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not meant for death, but for the glory of God. And we read in verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. But when Jesus came to their place, Lazarus was already in the tomb for four days. No wonder when Martha met him, Martha expressed her disappointment and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. So when Mary came to Jesus and she fell at his feet, she said the same thing that Martha said to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What a painful expression of disappointment with Jesus. But Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And after that, we read the shortest verse in the English Bible. Jesus wept. And then in verse 39, Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, by this time, there will be a stench for he had been dead for four days. And Jesus said to Martha, Did I not say to you, If you believe, you will see the glory of God. And the rest is history. You know, sometimes we want Jesus to do something for us, and we even expect how he will do it. But many times, God is much bigger than our expectation. There are times he will not fix our predicament. He will do something much more glorious. In the song entitled, Trust His Heart, Bobby Mason wrote, All things work for our good, though sometimes we don't see how they could. Struggles that break our hearts in two sometimes blind us to the truth. Our Father knows what's best for us. His ways are not our own. So when your pathways grow dim and you don't, you don't see Him, remember, you're never alone. And the chorus says, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you cannot trace his hand, trust. The third stage in the journey is to call upon the name of the Lord despite our disappointment. In Psalm 22, the name Lord is mentioned seven times. And in verse 20 and 21, the psalmist said, Save my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. 
Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild ox. You answer me. The prophet Joel, in chapter 2, verse 32 of his book, wrote, It will come about that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul wrote in Romans 10, verse 12 to 13, There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The fourth and the last stage in the journey is let us declare our praise to the Lord despite our disappointment. You see, it's hard to praise God when there is something bad happening in your life. But that is an expression of faith. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Apostle Paul said, Do not be worried about anything, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, along with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses human understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When we are able to declare faith and praise in our prayer, like the psalmist, the miracle of transformation happens. Look at Psalm 22. It began with a shout, with a cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But look at Psalm 22, verse 22 to 26. I will proclaim your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. May your heart live forever. So to summarize our journey from disappointment to praise, let us admit our disappointment with God. Let us believe the Lord that despite our disappointment, he will be our help. He will be our savior. And despite our disappointments, let us call on the name of the Lord. And despite that bitter disappointment, let us declare our praise to Him. Look at the conclusion of the journey from Psalm 22, 27 to 31. The psalm begins with a very personal pain or hurt. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the ending of the psalm is a prophetic call and vision. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations 
will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, his rules, he rules over the nations. All rich people of the earth will eat and worship. Those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. A whole generation will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Our experiences of disappointments can be used by God to encourage not only our family, our church, our nation, but a testimony to the people of the world. Our trials can become triumphs, can become trophies for God himself. Did God the Father answer the prayer of Jesus on the cross when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Many people believe God did not because that afternoon he died and he was buried. But my dear brethren, look at what the gospel says in Hebrews 5, 7 to 9. In the days of his humanity, Jesus offered up both prayers and pleas with a loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his devout behavior. Pastor, that's not true. He died. Yes, he died. But in the third day, he rose again. Look at verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation to all those who believe him. Today, you have heard the word of God. That if you have disappointment with God, it is not something to be ashamed of. It is not necessarily sinful. David and other biblical characters experience disappointment. It is a normal part of being human. It's a normal part of our faith journey. Today, the Word of God is inviting us to admit to God our disappointments. Then bring them to Jesus and believe that He is willing and able to help us. If this is the desire of your heart, you may pray with me this prayer. Bow down your head and close your eyes and say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for taking upon yourself my sins and shame and clothing us with your righteousness. Forgive me of all my sins. I put my trust and hope in you to save me and help me overcome my disappointments. By your grace and the Holy Spirit's help, I will begin a life of faith and praise. In your name I pray. Amen.
and Amen.